Hello everyone and welcome to another episode, uh, episode 6 in the Malachi series here on uh, Open the Book podcast. So glad that you are listening in. My name is Matthew Gaw. I am the youth and children's worker at St John's Parish in Moira. It's so good to be back and sharing uh, on this podcast and I hope that uh, you will be blessed uh, by our reading and by uh, our sort of brief deep dive into uh, Malachi uh, in the next section. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the Instagram page. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments you want to make, please do drop a message for us. Uh, it would be very encouraging uh, to see and to hear from you. So uh, please um, do that if you have not uh, already. Our reading uh, today is in Malachi. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up. And we are going to start in chapter 2, verses 17, and finish in uh, chapter 3, verse 5. Okay, so before we start, let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word, that it is alive and active, that it is always speaking to us if we only but pick it up and seek your spirit. Father, I pray that you would just help us to discern what you want to, us to hear. Uh, Lord, that everyone who listens in would hear your voice and would know direction in their life uh, to your glory and honour. Amen. So we're going to start reading in chapter 2, uh, verse 17. This is, the, this is the reading. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or where is God of justice? I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant, whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. This is the end of the reading, and we are going to spend quite a bit of time, brief time, in uh, verse verse 17 uh, of chapter 2. So chapter 2, verses 17. Uh, if you drive, um, you will have been through this, and... Um, uh, these emotions if you are learning to drive or you want to drive one day in the future uh, you will uh, get to this this stage at some point in your life but uh, everyone has initial fears when it comes to learning to drive we all have that one fear some people uh, have a fear of stalling all the time some people have a fear of parallel parking some people have a fear of hill starts some people have a fear of roundabouts and motorways and all these different um parts of driving we all have this fear I know that I had a fear whenever I was learning to drive Um, and most people that I speak to they do have a fear and it's all different Uh, everyone has a has a unique fear and I definitely think that my initial fear 
when I was learning to drive is kind of unique. I haven't heard anyone else who has had the same fear as me. But one of the, my biggest, uh, one it used to be a fear. It's, it's praise the Lord, uh, not anymore. Um, but I always had this fear of um, having a massive crash on the motorway because I didn't check my blind spots on, on my car. Now, for those who drive, you probably know what a blind spot is on your car. Uh, for those who don't drive, uh, your blind spot is the part, uh, is, a, is a section at the side of the car in which you can't see, um, you know, uh, if there's someone, if someone's sitting in your blind spot, you can't see them. So uh, every car has a wing mirror and a rear view mirror. And your rear view mirror helps you see at the back. Your side one, your side mirrors let you see the cars in the side. But there's a, there's a specific area on your car where you can't see the car. It's just in your blind spot. So in order to combat this, you've got to turn your head round to the right or to the left, depending on which way you're going. So whenever you're running to drive, you do an emergency stop. And you do the stop and then you check your mirrors. You check your blind spot and then you go off. Um, if you're on the motorway and you want to get, you're in uh, the left lane and you want to get across to the right lane, you check your mirrors, you check your blind spot and you, you go into the lane. I always had this fear that I was going to cause a massive collision because I didn't check my blind spot, that I was going to pull into the lane and the car was going to hit me or even worse, a lorry was going to hit me and it would be a messy crash. That was always a fear that I had. It was completely irrational because uh, I had no idea where it came from, but my blind spot was always a part of my driving experience that I was always made sure I checked. I always made sure just in case uh, and I was always very paranoid about checking it. Now, why did I tell you that story? Why did I tell you about my weird uh, fear of, of my blind spot in my car? Well, you see, in this reading that we've just read, the Israelites have a serious blind spot. They have a spot in their lives and in their life as a community where they just don't see the problems. They just don't see the issues that they're dealing with. We see in uh Verse 17, which I'll read again, it says, You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied the Lord, him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or, where is the God of justice? So we learn from the very first part of verse 1 that they're wearying the Lord with their words. Now, of course, we know that God can't get tired or weary. God, um, you know, cannot grow tired. and But... This is just a, a term that is used to talk about how God is fed up with their empty words. He's just fed up, you know. And they've wearied the Lord. He's fed up with their words. And then the next uh, line is a question. A question that is obviously said on behalf of the Israelite people. But how have we wearied him? How have we done this? Now this question seems silly when you take it in the context of the previous chapters that we've read. In previous episodes, we went through that uh, journey of how the Israelites were not in a good space. They were not in a good place spiritually. They were not in a good spot at all. So this question is a very arrogant question. And it's a very arrogant question because they. it's clear for us as a reader to see how they're wearying God. Well, let's sort of reflect on a few things that we've learned so far. Well, first of all, they have disregarded God's electing love. They've just disregarded God's love and the love he has for them. They've offered sacrifices that are blemished, that are not great, that are lame, that are pathetic, that aren't good. Their leaders are spiritually inept. They're the worst leaders 
uh, that you could possibly have. The priests are not good. They're not doing their job. And as we discussed last week in uh, the previous episode, sorry, in the previous episode, Israel, the Jewish men, are being unfaithful to their wives. They're being unfaithful. And yet they have the audacity to ask, but God, how, how are we wearying you? And the reason they can ask this question is that because they have serious blind spots. They have serious spots in their lives that they just cannot see the problem. They cannot see the issue that's going on in their blind spot because they haven't checked their blind spots. So they're sort of innocently going along thinking we're not doing anything wrong when it's very clear from the chaos, the spiritual chaos that's reigning around them that there's a massive problem. But not only that, they go as far to say, as we read in the next line, that they actually say that all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord and he is pleased with them. And then where's the God of justice? So they're actually going, not only just are they blind to the problems, but they're going as far to say that actually God is blessing bad people. He's blessing evil people. Like, where is this God of justice? You know, where is this God who says that he's full of justice? And in some way, they're attacking God's character. They're sort of saying, well, you know, we're doing nothing wrong. We've got no issues. God, you know, you're blessing all the bad people, so you, you must like them. So you see the state that they're in. Not only are they actively living out in bad ways, in evil ways, but they're actually turning it round to blame God. And you see, we look at these Israelites and we sometimes think, what Egypt's like, can they not see? Are they blind? But the reality is that we're all a bit like these people, uh, the Israelites. We have blind spots too. We have those parts and positions in our lives which are our weak points. We can call them blind spots or we can call them the weak points. And these are the sins that creep into our lives subtly. They creep in slowly and then they become a huge problem and they become such a problem that we don't actually know that we have the sin in our lives anyway. That, you know, maybe we, we've uh, we've started watching things again. Maybe we've started uh, acting uh, uh, with attitudes that we shouldn't have had. Maybe we start, we've, we've started gossiping again. We've started doing things that we shouldn't be doing. And it creeps in slowly but surely until we can't actually see the problem. Things are falling apart in our lives. We're not feeling a connection with God anymore. We're feeling that we're distant because we've allowed sin to creep into our lives. A bit like the Israelites here. And you see, the worst possible thing that can happen from that is that when we don't check our blind spots, when we don't are constantly checking our blind spots and asking God to help us see those blind spots and his Holy Spirit to open our eyes to the sin in our life, that we get to the point where we start blaming God. We start looking at the world around us and we start blaming God and our lives. We say, God, this is not fair. Look what's happened in my life. This is all you. Look what you're doing. You're the God of justice. But the reality is, is that when we actually take a step back and we look at our, our, our blind spots, we actually see that we've allowed sin to creep in to our lives. That's, that's caused us to distance ourselves from God. God hasn't distanced himself from us. We've distanced ourselves from him by allowing that sin to creep in. That sin that we justify. That sin that's, that we think is not that, actually that bad. And it spirals into massive problems. You see, the Israelites had a leadership problem. And maybe we have a leadership problem too, because we don't put God at the top um, as uh, of the authority in our life. We've let other things slip in that are control us, that lead us. You know, we have a sacrifice problem. 
Our sacrifice, we're called to give our bodies as living sacrifices. We've stopped doing that. We've stopped acting as living sacrifices. Instead, we've turned away and we've we've started thinking more about me. You know, it's, it's all about me. It's all about us. It's all about me. And we've stopped living as a sacrifice, a daily sacrifice to God. We've stopped picking up our cross. Or maybe we've found ourselves, we're rejecting God's love. We don't, God has done so much for us, but, you know, we just, we're doubting God's love. We don't know and we forget the things that God's done for us. And maybe like the Israelites who were unfaithful in their relationships, we've become unfaithful in our relationships with, with each other. We've stopped going to church. We've stopped engaging with Christians. We've stopped reading our Bible. We've stopped doing these things. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in a bit of a spiritual mess. But you see, it's easy when we get into that position to feel shame and to feel down and to feel as if we're the worst in the world. But it's interesting what happens next because God doesn't say, you know, right, user, I'm going to just cut you off. You people are just, you're so rebellious. I'm going to get rid of you. He doesn't do that. He could have done that, but he doesn't. Instead, God talks about the future restoration that's going to come. He's going to send two messengers, one who's going to prepare the way and one who's going to be the messenger of the covenant. And if you, uh, at the time of this recording, it's Advent Christmas season. Um, and this links in nice because the, the, the person who's coming to uh, to prepare the way is, is talking about John the Baptist. And then the messenger of the covenant is talking about Jesus. So God is pointing ahead to a time where restoration is going to come. Restoration will be restored. When it, it, there's a verse here uh, that talks about and uh, in, in verse uh, 3 of chapter 3, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. The Levites are the spiritual uh, leadership, the priests. And he's going to come and he's going to purify them. This future of restoration is, is coming. You see, for us as, as Christians, we live in a world that is broken. A world where we have blind spots ourselves. And we need to keep checking our blind spots the same way you do in a car. You check your blind spot before moving lane. We check our blind spots. But God promises us that although we are on the other side of the cross, that Jesus has come, he's died, he's risen and he's ascended. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to, to be with us. That we're on the other side, that we have received salvation, that we have received the forgiveness. But yet we still live in a state of decay. A state where our bodies are decaying, our world around us is decaying, where society and relationships are decaying and breaking down all around us. But yet God has given us this hope that one day Jesus is going to return again and he's going to restore all things. We have this hope. So the idea for us is that we got to live lives that are that's constantly checking our blind spots. We've got to keep looking over our, 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 our shoulder as it, as it were, not out of fear not because we're afraid that someone's going to come and attack us from behind, but that we keep our eyes fixed on the, the reality that we can fall into sin. It's, it's easy to fall into sin. It's easy just to slip back in. So we've got to keep our eyes on our blind spot. We've got to keep our eyes making sure that we're constantly praying and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to us those things in our life that maybe um, have creeped in that are causing a blockage from God because as I said God never moves away from us but we step away from God and you see the Israelites in this because they had a, a, a broken relationship with God that impacted how they lived their lives they had a broken relationship with God which meant they had a broken uh, relationship with everything around them and the same goes for us 
it's why our world is in such a a mess is that because our, because when our relationship is broken with the creator it naturally will be broken with all of creation so the closer we are to god uh, the closer that we get to god the, the more uh, we will walk uh, that is pleasing to him but we've always got to understand that we have the holy spirit to help us and guide us that when we do fall into 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 we do let our blind spots uh, overcome us and we let sin to come into our lives uh, that we have an advocate who is before the Father, uh, who prays and intercedes for us, uh, who is constantly uh, for us. And it's good that we um, that we remember that we have blind spots, but we never feel ashamed that when we fall into sin, that we constantly run back uh, uh, to God, that we always constantly seek that help uh, that we need. And it's, it's important that we get accountability partners as well that can show us our blind spots, that can point things out just that maybe we don't see. The Israelites had that problem. Malachi came along and he started pointing it out. And he pointed it out to them. And he says, these are all the things that you're doing wrong. Fix it. Because you need to be in right relationship with God. Because only then will you be blessed. But we've got to remember that we have a future hope. A future hope that is in Christ. That's the only way this hope comes about is through, was by Christ and it's through Christ. So we've got to cling to him. So two questions that I want to leave with you. Is the question is, have you checked your blind spot? Have you checked it? Do you know uh, what maybe your blind spot are? Maybe as I say this, you're thinking about that sin that creeps in. Those things that keep coming in. Those sins that you keep making. Pray about it. Ask God to maybe guide you to someone who can help you. And then the second question is, is do we have that hope? Are we clinging to that hope? Are we looking to that future restoration? Are we, or are we too consumed with the world we live in today? Do we live as people of hope? Because if we do live as people's hope, we will share that hope uh, with the world and it will transform the world around us. So thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed and uh, hopefully we'll catch you at some other stage in another podcast. God bless.